Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're going to be talking all about posture. What is good posture first and foremost? We've got some interesting facts to run through on the board as well behind me. Uh, hopefully you guys are going to find it really, really valuable and help you understand how your posture can inform or better uh, aid your general functioning. So it should be really, really interesting. If you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing, hit the notification bell. Uh, we do these live streams every single weekday so we can help you guys with a topic, today obviously being posture, and the Q&A at the end of the live stream. So that's your opportunity to ask us any questions, whether it's on today's topic or on other back or neck pain related topics, then you're more than welcome to throw those in and a few curveballs. Uh, we can see what we can do about those as well. So with that being said, let's get into today's live stream. Okay, so I wanted to start off by just addressing what good posture would be. Uh, if you're in part of our Back in Shape membership site, then you'll have seen we did a video a little while ago uh, about this in, in terms of what good posture is. And good posture really, uh, a lot of people focus on posture for the sake of having good posture, but really it's, it's allowing this spine to be in the best possible position really to protect what's inside, which is this nervous system, the ability for everything to be controlled in our body. So the best way we identify that from the surface, I'll kick this straight out and you can make a note of this, is, and I've drawn it on the board here next to the edge of the board because this is you standing against a wall to help you understand this better. We have our ear over our shoulder, over the hips, over the knees, over the ankles, and that fundamentally is going to give you a good posture. Everything's going to be balanced, the knees are going to be locked out, the head is nice and balanced over the shoulders, and then everything else is balanced, stacked on top of one another in an effective way like a Jenga tower before you start taking blocks out. So that's how we should be standing. The, the problem with that, which I'm gonna get into in a little bit more detail today, is going to be, well, good posture doesn't always lead to good alignment, and you can have good posture with bad alignment, which is gonna completely throw most of you guys from the outset of this video, but it's worthwhile aiming for this good posture. It's the best you can possibly do at home. And just doing that little drill that we've touched on in the past, standing upright against the wall with your head touching the wall, your middle back touching the wall, your bum touching the wall, and your heels touching the wall is the best way for you to feel what that feel likes. And sometimes you might find that when you stand in that position, you, as you get your head back, your neck gets a bit sore or as you straighten yourself up, that lower back becomes a little bit more uncomfortable. These are invariably signs that you're habitually not standing in the correct position. The one little caveat with this sort of good posture test is that if you've got particularly large gluteal muscles, then it can be worthwhile just moving those feet about an inch or so away from the wall because that can lead you to having a bit more uh, backward bending through the spine. But if you're in that, good upright alignment with the good posture, then you're gonna have the head over the bottom or the head here with the cervical spine at the top, the curve coming back on top of itself, and then a thoracic curve coming around here, and then into that lumbar curve that bends backwards at the bottom part of the spine. And those curves there will be underneath a straight posture. And those curves allow the body to absorb a bit of shock, allow stress to flow through the spine, and they also give it a degree of shock absorption. If this was all straight, there would be no capacity for shock absorption in the spine. It wouldn't work, and you'd 
end up with those poor little discs being loaded in an inappropriate fashion. And on the topic of those discs being loaded in an inappropriate fashion, if the spine was straight, this is why when people have these straightening of the lumbar curves, a flattening of the lordosis, or in the neck as well, that they will start to get issues with those discs. And this is what I'm gonna spend a bit more time touching on today. So. There's a few little facts on the board that I want to run through with you guys, and these are linked to research. We're going to be coming out with uh, a little article, a little uh, sort of more length uh, video uh, with references, etc. But this is just some stuff I've pulled from that document. Um, so this is uh, all of these these different bits and pieces are backed up by research, which is really important. There's a little bit of um, what well, would be. That there was an article, when, when was that article out? Like, it, was, it was a little while ago about posture. So some, someone had done a very poorly constructed article to basically say that posture doesn't doesn't give you back pain or something like that. And and it was kind of, uh, cont- it was, uh, what was the word? It was, it was a controversial, controversial piece. And oh, apparently bad posture doesn't give you back pain. And they kind of just swept over it, uh, ignoring a good amount of research and, and, and not really looking into things in any depth in terms of the, the, the quality of the spine. It's kind of like I use the example uh, with people uh, in the clinic. We, we're on Cavendish Square in the centre of London and you've got a lot of traffic uh, coming past. And I said, oh, well, look, if you took, uh, you know, 50 of those 100 cars that drove past, how many of them might have worn tyres? How many of them might have worn brake pads that aren't a problem at that moment because they're not needing to suddenly break? But when they are they will become a problem. So it, it, it's it's the thing with posture. You can get away with having bad posture. I think we touched about getting away with things on yesterday's live stream as well, but it will become an issue because it does have an impact on the fundamental biomechanics on the nervous system, which a lot of people aren't aware of, which we're going to talk about, and on the structure of that spine, the discs, etc. So I really want to touch on flexion here today. So we've got this forward bending. What is happening when we're forward bending? Now we have an axis of rotation and I'll just use sort of a middle vertebra here. The axis of rotation, the the, the seesaw, if you will, is in the middle part of the spine here. Okay, it's not on the back and it's not somewhere floating around here. It's in this part here. So we have a seesaw. When we bend forwards, we compress the front part of the disc and when we bend um, and, and we stretch the back part of the spine, which includes the spinal cord in here, and we'll get to that a little bit later. And when we bend backwards, we obviously do the opposite. We stretch the front of the discs and so on and so forth. That's with sort of normal forward and backward bending. The problem is a lot of seated postures involve excess forward bending. Just think about how much time you actually spend sat down on a daily basis. We ask this of a lot of people when they come in and they go, oh, I sit, I sit for six hours a day in the office. And I go, okay, well, how, how, how long is your commute? Oh, that's uh, an hour each way. And I go, oh, do you sit on the train? Yeah, I sit on the train because I get on at the start. Okay, so that's another 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 two hours. And then what do you do in the evening? Oh, well, I sit down and have lunch, dinner. Okay, so that's another, what, 30 minutes or so, maybe a little bit longer, a little bit less. And then what do you do? After? Oh, I sit down, do a bit more work, or I sit down in front of the TV. Well, the sitting position is like this the whole time flexion, forward bending. And if you've seen of any of our other live streams, this posture that we adopt when we are sat is not erect. It's not the proper correct posture compared to standing. And therefore we, we become what we do regularly. And people that spend maybe 70, 75% of their time on a daily basis in a sitting position of some sort will be sitting when they're standing, if you follow my, my logic. They will remain in these 
bad postures when they actually stand up because the ligaments and the structures of tissues and the muscles etc change around that they evolve around those sorts of daily stresses so if you're watching this right now post in the comments how many hours do you think you really spend sat down and is it more when you when you sit there and calculate it on your hand okay well this that and the other is it a little bit more than you maybe expected a lot of people aren't don't really calculate just how much time they spend sat down so the implications of this is that we, with these poor posture positions, these four bending posture positions, we are compressing the front of the spine and stretching the back part of the spine. These are just some stats for you guys so you can, so you can sort of digest these. The flexion in the lower back and the neck can increase the length of the back column, increase this here by 20%. Now, what have we discussed in the past doing things like knee hugs and these other sorts of exercises that involve you stretching the back part? We need to have an integrity through the ligaments on the back part of the spine in the lower back and in the neck in order to maintain these nice curves so we can maintain good posture. And if we're repeatedly doing exercises or rounding the back, then we're going to reduce the strength of these ligaments. We're gonna stretch them by about 20% and therefore affect the integrity when we're standing up, which is something we want to be mindful of and avoid. In the thoracic spine, and this was a really interesting one because the thorax already bends forwards, okay? We already have a forebend, but when we accentuate that even further, the spinal canal, which is the bit in which the spinal cord runs, will stretch by three mil. Now that doesn't sound a lot, but we can imagine that nerves, particularly a spinal cord, isn't designed to stretch too much. It will have a degree of elasticity to it, but we are, even in the thoracic spine, we're stretching that spinal cord, which is something that does put uh, a degree of stress on the structure. And uh, I, normally in the clinic, we go through a nice little band with, an, with one of the resistance bands, where if you have it in, uh, in a nice relaxed manner, like so, if you've got a resistance band at home, maybe pause the video if you're watching this after that and just get this out. If we have a resistance band that's nice and relaxed in its canal and we just press it a little bit, it moves and displaces quite easily. Maybe there's some excess inflammation in the canal. Maybe we've got a bit of back pain there because of bad posture, because, because we've, got good, we've got good posture, we've just injured our back. And the spinal cord is nice and lax in the spinal canal. And a little bit of inflammation is not gonna to cause too much trouble on those nerves. But when we, talk, when we traction it, when we stretch that spinal cord, that same, degree of movement exerts more local pressure on the actual point where it's pressing on the nerves or the spinal cord etc because it's under tension as we tense as we stretch that spinal cord all the other nerves in those structures they become a little bit more pliable just think of your cling film when you're rolling it out you need to pull it taut so you can have an impact at the local point you can't have that cling film nice and relaxed and actually hope to to, to cut the new piece of cling film. So it's just worth bearing in mind what tension does on the system, especially when it's excessive tension. It just, it just primes everything to get in a little bit more trouble, a little more readily. So that's that part. The straight neck was one of the things I wanted to cover, which is a bit off the topic of back pain. And Lara's looking at this with a little bit of shock. The figures here, when we're designed to have a good degree of range of motion in the cervical spine. It can move an awful long way. But when we have a straight neck, and this is just where the curve in the neck reduces significantly so, you will have a 75% stretch in those ligaments. And if that's the status quo, think of what on earth that is doing to the stability of the neck. It's why people with, with, with neck issues or neck alignment issues that invariably aren't aware of them, because our neck stays very mobile 
over the years. It, it's the last thing that kind of becomes stiff because we, even if we're sat, we're still able to move our neck quite a lot. So in the clinic, when it comes to things like posture, we see a lot of, uh, particularly ladies, coming in with overtly maybe they've got quite good posture but they have a very straight neck when we look at it on the x-ray and that just puts such a stretch through these poor ligaments it puts mechanical disadvantage on the muscles it means the muscles are stretched out so they've got less they're not as primed they're not ready to take on strain and therefore they're in a lot of a much weaker position and therefore if stress goes through them they struggle a little bit more that is quite a large number and unfortunately in the clinic we see more cases of significantly abnormal neck alignment in spite of what may appear to be good posture than, than one might think. So that's that's quite important. And if you've got any questions on the neck pain, then please do stick those or, or the neck alignment, etc. Please do stick those in the comments as well. Now, when we get down into the lower back, the lower back also has a curve. As we've mentioned on previous videos before, it should have, and I'll give you some numbers today, it should have a 40 degree curve going through it, through this section of the lower back. You should, you, you, you should notice that there is good posture in the lower back with that curve. People sometimes think, oh, well, am I, gonna, am I gonna look like I'm stood in a funny position if I've got these curves? The point is when we have good posture like so, those curves are effortlessly there and, and, and you're not really going to notice them too much from the surface. But if we reduce that curve by just over 10%, you get an increase in uh, frequency and severity of chronic lower back pain or an increased risk in chronic lower back pain down at 35. So it's not a big difference compared to that available in the neck. That being said, your lower back is bearing a lot of weight. So if you're someone that has struggled with posture or back pain for an extended period of time, and you haven't had these sorts of things looked at, it's worth really looking into these because they can really reveal areas that can be worked on and can be improved that are all too often overlooked when it comes to your posture. You might actually have overtly good posture, which brings us back to the first part of today's live. You can have good posture but bad alignment. If you've been sat for long periods in the car or at the desk over the years and the back pain hasn't resolved, it may well be that the alignment side of things is not quite there and that puts unnecessary stress on those discs in particular when we have the reductions in curve and that's not a good thing so the final thing i wanted to cover was really the thoracic spine it's something that we don't talk too much about in the live streams uh, mainly because there's not too much we can do to intervene in this section but having that rounded thorax that rounded over posture that a lot of people see which is the obvious one where you say oh that person's got bad posture because you can see it so clearly that they're hunched over like so it decreases the the, the inspiratory volume it decreases the ability for us to expand our lungs and get oxygen into our body and also puts mechanical stress and strain through the thoracic spine and I know that we've got a few videos on sort of middle back pain etc on our YouTube channel and they get frequent comments about people getting sort of sharp pains where the ribs are being uh, irritated and, and getting quite concerned because anything that gives that can give you chest pain can be very very concerning and rightly should be investigated but having this terrible posture rounded over is just so unhelpful it puts such mechanical strain on the body and really it's such a simple way of, of fixing this it takes a bit of time but that's opening up that chest, opening up a little bit more so that we've got mechanical advantage back through this thoracic spine here. And this is something that we sort of address in the Back in Shape program. You've got the early parts of Back in Shape where you're learning to stabilize your core and essentially hold yourself in a good posture. You're lying down flat when you're in, when you're doing some of those early exercises in Back in Shape. And in, in a flat position, it's easier to look something like this in terms of more aligned. And then you're learning to do those exercises upright. And in what we would call the phase three, a lot of those exercises are reaching further afield up to influence your posture, to make sure that you're exercising in a good posture. 
ears, over the shoulders, over the over the hips, over the knees, and over the ankles. And you're working some of these muscles that open out the rib cage and keep your posture nice and tall, keep your chest open. So uh, that's pretty much it for today's topic, today's talk, and we'll get into any Q&A. Okay, brilliant. Um, I actually had a question because as you were going through the standing up against the wall, the yep. ear on the shoulder, the hips, um, I just went and I, and I, and I did mm -hmm. that. And I've been struggling with a bit of neck discomfort over the last yep. couple of days. And actually that was really quite relieving. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess the the... The question is, um, my mind's gone completely blank there. Um, oh, sorry, that was it. Um, when I, while I was doing that, um, I was really tempted to tuck my chin yeah. in in order to flatten my neck curve uh, against the wall. Yeah, it's good you mentioned that. Is that something that you are supposed to be doing no. or no? So this is this is the biggest problem with. Um, it's, it, it, it's it's kind of moving up to this it's the same issues that we get time and time again in the lower back with people doing knee hugs and people doing the wrong sort of exercises for their lower back where they're doing where they're hugging to the knees to flatten the lordosis we've already discussed that having a straight neck can increase the stretch through these ligaments increase the distance in this back part by 75 percent all too often people are instructed to do this classic chin take i said tuck the chin and tuck the chin and tuck the chin it, it it's it's not helpful at all. The reason it is recommended, and we always try and explain to you guys, we don't just throw things out and say, don't do that exercise ever. We want to say, why? Why should you not do that exercise? Because some people can benefit from that exercise. But I happen to know what Lara's spine looks like. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we've got a bit of an extra insight in there. But it, it's actually very common for a lot of ladies. The same sort of thing will be, will be advisable, um, especially if you've done anything like gymnastics or ballet when you were younger. Um, the reason you get that advice is because when you lean forwards, as we've discussed before, you create more space in the nerve, in the in the lateral recess, which is the area that the nerve comes out of. And a lot of the pain that you're getting is maybe there's a disc bulge, maybe there's uh, a bit of distrain and not necessarily significantly bulging, but there's inflammation in that area. And it's occupying this small space here where the nerves come out of. Well, if you increase the size of that hole, then you're going to be able to take the pressure off that nerve at that moment, which is why they say do these or do these or those other sorts of things. And there's that inclination to want to do that because it immediately opens out the size of the hole. The problem with that is you are stretching the structures. You're not restoring it back to normal. And as we discussed earlier on, as you stretch the back, you compress the front. And most people will have some degree of disc irritation or disc degeneration in specific parts of their neck when we look at them on an MRI because of the way they've used their neck over extended periods. And it's normally in pockets, which implies it's not an aging process. It is a wearing process based on the way in which that person has used their body incorrectly. As I mentioned earlier on, the curves are there to redistribute weight evenly throughout the spine. So nothing wears in an accelerated manner specifically. But when we lose those curves, specific structures do wear faster. And that's where you go in and you get your MRI and they say, oh, you've got a bit of, you know, disc degeneration in C5-6 or C4-5, but, you know, it's nothing too bad. You, you, you're whatever. Um, you know, it's normal. Well, it, it's not. It's not normal part of the aging process because if it was normal for the aging process, the whole thing would be like that. So when you stand up, the reason it feels good is because you are restoring balance through your spine. And unless you've got particularly severe symptoms, uh, which means that as soon as that hole goes back to normal size here, it gives you that a little bit of a little bit of sharp pain. You'll actually find that it's a lot better. You're supported as well, so it's easier on the muscles because you've got the wall there to hold your head, shoulders, uh, middle back, and bum, etc., in alignment. So yeah. that, that's why it feels good as soon as you stand up like that. Yeah. But do not do that 
unless you've got good cause to. There are a few guys, but it's 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 typically something uh, I'm going to generalize here. But it's 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 the older men that you see walking along the street like this that have that posture. Quite often, the ladies actually have a little bit more of a. a Different misalignments, if that makes sense. Okay, I can see the questions coming through, so I yep. will get I, I will, uh, get uh, get to those in a minute. I just wanted to ask you: when you do have neck pain, why is it when you wake up from um, when you wake up, your head feels so incredibly heavy? I uh, don't know whether anybody yeah. else gets this or whether they get something similar with the no, back, but it, it honestly feels like it weighs ten kilos. Because because what's happened is a lot of inflammation has come in there and fluid is non-compressible. So it kind of just raises it. It stretches things out a little bit. It swells up. Mm. And therefore, it's like you're walking on this with this extra bit of space that your body's not used to. And it's more unstable because you've got all that inflammation in that area. And, and any degree of normal compression, normal loading on the neck just creates, it really makes that hole go tiny bit smaller because our body's got a bit of suspension to it. So as soon as you load it up, it kind of just, everything comes a little bit closer. The same way you, if you get in your car, you see the suspension just drops a little bit as it primes itself with a little bit of load. And that's what's happening in the morning. Overnight, things have flared up or things have built up inflammation because you haven't moved your neck all night. And then as soon as you put a bit of load on, boom, you're aware of that pain, aware of the inability for that neck to hold the, hold the, uh, hold the, head, the weight of the head. The head weighs a lot and the neck is very small. Any of you guys have, have, have seen an x-ray, even if you just Google now neck x-ray, you'll see how small the spine is in relationship to the size of the head. And it requires that effective alignment, that good posture, but real good posture in the spine to be able to effectively load there. Okay, awesome. Right, so I'll get into the questions yep. now. Um, uh, Dickie has asked here, my daughter has been complaining of middle uh, pain in the middle back. Uh, this was over the last three uh, months. Last three, uh, this was over three days last week. Mm -hmm. um, during the day and the night, she's only 11. Any suggestions? Um, a lot in a lot of cases here, you, you're finding younger people uh, as it, as that sort of particular age, uh, teenagers and even younger than that, getting uh, more severe neck malalignments because of the smartphones. They're spending sort of as a pen, but they're like that all day. Do, 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 do doing their stuff and that's really affecting the neck pain quite often if we're irritating these neck joints up here we're going to get pain in the middle back between the shoulder blades now if it's a little bit lower than that it could be something slightly different but if it's between the shoulder blades sort of above where the bra strap would would be then that's really very frequently that's coming from the neck either there's stress and strain on those joints or the muscles are being are being strained because they're having to hold their neck so far forwards for such an extended period. That little combo that we've discussed in the past, uh, band around the neck correctly. I mean, that sounds awful, put the band around the neck. Um, get the band here, probably around the middle portion of the neck and very, very gently just pumping back like so. Just nice and gently. Obviously, square yourself off a little more than what I'm doing. And then using that towel, so maybe 10, 15 reps of that, using the towel rolled up about sort of that size there, lying over that for the neck for sort of two, three, four, five minutes. And then using a bit of ice, repeating that a couple of times a day will help unload the spine, but also looking at that posture. How, what are we doing on a daily basis? There's been a lot, you know, a lot of kids at home, not at school at the moment. And, you know, there's that temptation to be, you know, just, just do what you want to do sort of thing. Um, and, and that might be mean they're on social media or they're reading even for extended periods of time. And that forward bending posture takes its toll on the body. And if they're not, if they don't have the muscle mass to do it, especially remember a child's weight of their head is substantially larger than their body for obvious reasons. 
the difference is greater in a child than it is in an adult between the weight of this thing and the strength of this thing. So it's really important that we, we pay attention to how the children are, are using their posture. Okay, brilliant. I hope that helps, Vicky. Yeah. Um, Joe has asked, how often do you recommend getting up when sitting, working on your laptop? I mean, I think there's very few people that need to be pinned to the desk. The, the main people that I think it's not possible for are those guys that are sort of traders. Uh, they've got 16 different screens and they're just pinned to the desk. They're, they're working on the markets. The overall majority of people, there's no reason I, I don't think that you can't get up every sort of 20 minutes or so. Readjust yourself. Get up. If you're having water, it might be that you know, you've know you've done an email. Maybe you want to reread through it before you send it. Just pop yourself up, stand yourself up and read the computer. Or maybe you need to take a phone call, stand up when you're doing the phone calls, walk around. Those sorts of things make massive differences. And I don't think it really affects your practice. The, the, the practicality of working too much uh, to be able to, to, to get up and move around a little bit more regularly. But really, we're not designed to sit for, for, for hours on time and we're not designed to sit for extended periods, period. Okay, so it's not when you start to feel the pain. No, no, no. If, you, if you're starting to feel the pain, it's too late. Mm. You should have gotten up sooner. Um, and, and, and also, if you are someone that's really struggling um, with, 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 with sitting for long periods, it always bothers me when, when someone comes in and says, I'd like to be able to sit for four hours without pain. That's not that's not not viable. It's just just not appropriate. Um, I'd like to be able to sit for a couple for, for sort of 15, 20 minutes without pain. That's fine. That's reasonable. That's expect acceptable. But you shouldn't be aiming to do something bad for extended periods. That shouldn't. That's not a valid valid goal. What we really need to do is be a bit more aware of how we're using our body. We've spoken to certain people that have sit, that get sitting standing desks. They're not that expensive when you think of how much use you can get out of them and how much it can turbocharge your productivity because you're not in pain and how much it can just allow you to quickly shift from sitting to standing even going from sitting to kneeling is a perfectly fine one you guys don't really notice too much of a difference and i'm on one knee now so it's it it's just as easy but it just changing that position is so important for you on a regular basis so yeah okay brilliant i'll move on to ollie's question here if you do have rounded uh, a rounded shoulder posture what are the best stretches to help improve this there are so many on youtube yeah there's tons and and i think a lot of a lot of people watching this uh, and watching videos on youtube that they, they, they get overwhelmed with um with complexity and with variation and, and that's one of the things that you, you really there's very simple exercises that opens out the chest you can do that 101 different ways but just do one uh, so, so we've got a nice little stretch on the YouTube channel, which is basically open out, lying on your back and just having the arms at 90 degrees, head relaxed on the floor and just allowing that chest to stretch out. You feel a little bit of a stretch through the front here and then you feel the muscles on the back engaged. The problem that a lot of people have when they want to do these sorts of stretches, etc., or they've got pain there, is they just want to do stretches and stretches don't solve the problem. The big problem for a lot of people is that there is tightness in the muscles, yes, but there is a severe weakness and a severe or inappropriate level of strength in the muscles that maintain good posture. And therefore we want to do that in conjunction with strengthening exercises. And those are the sorts of exercises in the phase three of our back in shape using those bands to really engage those muscles in a safe way that's safe for the lower back that teaches you to engage the postural muscles up here with the core muscles and the other muscles as well further down the body so that everything works as a continuous uh, sort of sheet of muscle that's supporting your body effectively focusing on little pockets is generally not the best idea because then you get hinge points say you've been working your postural muscles only you're going to have a point where halfway down the back you find that there's a weakness there because you haven't trained it properly. Okay, um, brilliant. Karen's got a good question here. If you're not getting any pain, how can you tell if your alignment is good if your posture may be deceiving? 
Uh, the only way you're really going to tell that is with an X-ray. Yeah. And 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 if you don't have any pain, you're probably not watching this video. So th those sorts of scenarios where you're doing it for general health, you'd have to have a specific academic interest to want to actually go and uh, pursue investigating your posture properly. Um, but for the average person that's in pain, um, even if you stand up straight, it might really be worth getting some better uh, imaging to understand what's going on in your body. Because the amount of times that we have patients coming in and their posture may look like X, um, maybe it looks like they've got something called anterior pelvic tilt, which is where they st you stick the bum out. Um, we are, we've got too much arch in the lower back uh, and the amount of times that they don't um, on, when we do an x-ray is astounding. Seeing exactly what's going on in the body is so much more helpful than just doing a postural examination because you can be so wrong so many times and people really don't have a clue. And the amount of times that we've got, we've had someone coming in saying, I've seen 16 different people that have, that said I've had anterior pelvic tilt. You go and do an x-ray and you're like, oh, well, you don't. Um, objectively speaking, you don't. Maybe you've got a posterior pelvic tilt or something like that. Um, the, the amount of times that we can be inaccurate, and that's not the fault of other practitioners that may have told you that. It's just they don't know how inaccurate they can be when you then go and get an x-ray done. Okay, awesome. Um, Alex Sparks has uh, said here, she's mentioned this before, that she's found that if she does the third position ballet-wise, yes. um, so she finds that the upper body lifts and the head aligns, the shoulders drop, and it feels really good. It shows it from time to time, especially in the kitchen when preparing a meal. Yeah. Fantastic. The thing is with, with the ballet side of things is... Ballet and gymnasts, they all have very good posture. So many of those exercises are going to be helpful in at least aligning the external posture from that point of view. Yeah. That people that are in that category of having done that in the past or doing those exercises over the years will have good observable posture. Then it's down to are there any unfortunate events that have occurred over the years, say falls, knocks, whiplash, car accident, etc., or falls during ballet that have significantly injured the tissues to mean that the alignment has been disrupted because we all develop normal alignment generally. I have touched on uh, Dickie's question earlier with regards to children. They are developing a little bit incorrectly because of the use of smartphones. And we see patients, and you might have seen this at home, if a, fa a younger family member, maybe a, a nephew or a niece, and they've got the iPad and they're just sat in the corner like this. <laughs> and they will be consumed by what's going on on that screen. So the point where they will not move a muscle, they'll be yeah. silent. Well, I think that's also our generation. Like when you when you drew out the ear of the yeah. shoulder on the board, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good reminder because you see people with a with a forward head, yeah. head carriage and it almost looks normal. Yeah, the problem is we didn't grow up from the age of four no, with an iPad true. in our hand. And, and it's that generation under normal circumstances, technology aside, we all develop normally. And, 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 and apart from unfortunate accidents that happen during childhood, uh, we all develop these curves in this alignment normally, and then it's our job to keep it good for the rest of our lives. Uh, things like the invention of these sorts of smartphones and tablets do impact us in the development stage because we're not doing the things that we're designed to do, which is, you know, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> what do you think of the theory of learning to walk correctly with good posture with books on your head? Um, I think people struggle enough to walk effectively with their head on their head, um, <laughs> let alone something heavy with books on the head. I feel like that actually could work. It, it, it could. A light book would be a good. Book, a light yeah. book would be would be a good idea because it will help you do that. And things like the, the Alexander technique and those sorts of uh, processes to help you keep good posture are good once you're once you've got uh, you know out of pain you've got good muscular uh, muscular system uh, to support you effectively but we it, it 
it's it's all well and good saying just stand with your posture, but you do need a little bit more in the way of resistance work to actually build a little bit more strength and stability. Okay, brilliant. I'm going to move on to Dawn's question. So at the moment, she's worked out that she uh, sits for about eight hours a day, uh, only work part-time at the moment. I'm starting studying soon. Um, Which will be more will sitting. Increase, <laughs> yes. Um, any other tips apart from moving regularly and the towel? It, it, it really is that simple. Um, I wish I could give some some sort of really fruity answer of something that was just really out there and, and good. But the best thing to do is if, if you're doing study and you're able to do it on something like an iPad where you can get up and walk around with it and hold it up and, and you pick the iPad up and just go for a little walk while you're studying, that would be helpful. If you can get the sitting standing desks, they're good. And if you just move around, move away from the desk more regularly, that is really the best thing you can do yeah. to help combat that. But that's, that's eight hours, that's one third of your day probably 50% of your waking hours are spent sat down. Mm. So it, it's it's really it's really something worth worth considering. And I think I think Dawn is actually a premium yes. member. So, yeah. so um once she moves on to phase sort of three, yeah. and she's doing the resistance training at home with those more postural exercises, yeah. that could also help. Oh definitely, yeah. Yeah, Dawn, I, I think Dawn's I think a bit more in phase two at the moment. Okay. Um, but the phase three stuff will be really, really helpful for just mm -hmm. opening that out. And I would say when you are doing the studying, if you are going to be pouring over books to a degree, then that little neck routine that I discussed, even just the towel itself. Um, so you can double up the, the neck and the lower back towel, just jump on there uh, later, you know, between studying or halfway through studying, maybe listen to some audio instead for a few minutes. That would be a really good way to just break up the day. Okay, awesome. Return back to normal position. Uh, Dickie came back and said, thanks, that's what I thought. I did try the exercises. Thanks for this. She may listen to you. Awesome. I think she's here now. Ah, so okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, right, Alex Vesco said, uh, I found that your suggestion of swapping sitting to shifting onto your knees from time to time really, really helpful. Yeah, oh, it's, it's really, it's really comfortable because you instantly feel, um, we, we've got some really strong ligaments on the front of our hips. And as soon as you shift to kneeling from sitting, you feel them stretch out and open out, uh, let alone sort of the benefit that's going to have for hip arthritis. I mean, we haven't discussed that but sitting for long periods puts the hips in flexion it it, it really we need to be able to put our hips back into a position of, of extension so upright position and being able to go into that kneeling position you will feel the front of your hips they, they get a little bit of a stretch to them part of that is because you've been sat down for the last x number of, of times so it's a good one especially if you've got nice soft carpet that you can kneel on or a, or a towel or pillow or cushion that you can put your knees on really a good one Awesome. Um, Kate has a brilliant analogy of the spinal cord with the neck pain and the headaches that um, I used a high, oh, I use a high raised ironing board uh, to bring it to eye level for computer work. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was actually using that fireplace yesterday yeah, yeah. right at the top there with my laptop. Um, back supported with shoulders still hunched up uh, to, uh, to then use the keyboard. Um, then putting strain back on the neck again. Uh, do the sitting standing desks rectify this? Yeah, because the sitting standing desks, you're going to be able to customize the height. Um, so what it might be there is that you may be using a laptop rather than a desktop computer. I, I, I do know what she means because when you do have a laptop quite high, you do hunt. You yeah. do tend to bring your shoulders yeah, up have, in this position. Yeah, having a separate keyboard is just. It's really the best way. If, you've, if you're going to be working from home uh, going forwards, then having the separate keyboard, and you can get some really inexpensive ones to just plug in via USB, just so you can have the screen higher than the keyboard, is it makes a real difference. Um, so I, I do think the sitting standing desks make a lot of sense, yeah. especially for people that are going to be working from home and having to do extended periods in front of the computer, because you just something just hit a button and boom, up it goes. 
um, and, and it's worthwhile. It's, you'll be more productive as a result and, and therefore um, it, I think a, lo a lot of employers will be really keen on doing that because they want to keep you healthy, they want to keep you well. Um, there's definitely a greater shift to, to employers wanting to help their staff in any way, shape or form um, generally. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Fiona has said, I 100% know bad posture is the cause of my issues. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, it's, it may not have been the initial injury per se, but 100% it, it, it stops your body being able to recover. Mm -hmm. If we've got any sort of disc injuries uh, with repetitive stress, it's going to put strain on those tissues and it's going to cause something sooner or later. And if, you, if it's not caused it, it's going to maintain those problems because, you know, I always say to, to, to patients in the clinic, I say, if, if you'd come in for, an, for a treatment for your ankle sprain and, and, and after we'd done a great treatment, maybe we'd even done some, some, some crazy new treatment that's, that, you know, fixes it like that or, or gets it healing in 24 hours and, and you're, you're, you're going to be good to go. If you hop out of the clinic on that same leg, you're not going to get it better. And that's the, that's the thing with posture. If you're doing these good things, but ignoring the fact that we've got bad posture and we've, we're putting all this stress on the tissues, we're going to really struggle because you can have the best treatment in the world. And a lot of people have tried different treatments that, that, that come to see us or, or that are in the back and shit. They've tried lots of different things, but if you don't address everything, it really does uh, really and posture so simple and it's something that's with you with you every day okay and just lastly um, i know that we were talking about this yesterday do you think the lack of activity um can lead to things like neck pain yeah uh, what was that phrase i used motion is lotion oh yes uh which is a little bit cringe <laughs> but it makes a difference uh the more we move we're, we're built to move Everything about us is built to move. We've got the uh, the circulatory system, which pumps blood to areas in our body under tension or under pressure. But then we've got the lymphatics, which drains extra, extra fluid. The lymphatics, those vessels that basically once, once nutrients are pushed out of our circulatory system into the surrounding cells to give them the nutrients they want, we have the lymphatics that drain that area and move it back into the circulation up here somewhere. Uh, it, it drops it back into your, to your venous system. And that lymphatics is responsible for draining excess fluid, inflammation, for example. And it really requires movement to help pump things around. Being more active is helpful for just getting what's called fluid dynamics, getting the fluid, excess fluid that's in our body to move back to where it's supposed to be. The body's really, really smart, but it does require movement to function correctly. And that doesn't have to be crazy amounts of movement. Some of the guys that we speak to them, they say, oh, I go for you know a 30 minute walk a day. You know, this is back pain aside. And, and those sorts of things are helpful, but even just being a little bit more mobile on a daily basis will, will have a real positive effect on your general levels of health and well-being. We haven't even discussed some of the other more biochemical aspects of bad posture and the way in which it can influence your stress hormone levels mm -hmm. and other yeah. bit, and, and particularly in, in men, uh, your testosterone levels as well. So there's lots more to unpack in posture, something that we'll, we'll probably visit again on another live stream. Okay, brilliant. I think that's it for today. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us on today's live. Uh, lots of good questions we kept that one going for a, a little while today so thank you very much for everyone who did ask questions and, and those of you who didn't hopefully you found there's tons of of, of, of interesting uh, concepts in today's live and you hopefully learned something about your posture so that's really really important if you are new to the channel and you do find these helpful then please do consider subscribing to the channel we go live every single weekday so hit the notification bell and that way you don't miss them i know there's a few guys that uh, sometimes miss the links to get onto the live stream so if you hit that notification bell on youtube you're going to get uh, get the, the the buzz from youtube YouTube to say hey everything's gone live and you can just click this link to join so thanks for joining us have a great weekend everybody and we will see you guys again on monday with another live stream thanks for watching guys